talk is on choice and choicelessness. It's a very interesting area and we're all full of ideas and discussion about, well, you know, we even have a recommendation from our parents, our mentors, and society, different parts of society that, well, you have to make the right choice. You have to make the right choices. You need to make the right choices. And we hear that and say, we agree without even without even looking into what that is actually saying. Those of us, those of them, those of anyone who are on what we call, refer to the mundane path, not a judgment, just a description. Mundane path is where you're trying to get from here to there. The spiritual path is where you're trying to see, what the hell is a path? What is this? Before you take a step, what is this? What is it fundamentally? Don't settle for any response. Don't settle. So, of course, we make choices. But the choices we make are very superficial or surfacy or it's a this and that and this and that. This I do this because I need that and I need to do this, but I don't need to go here, but I do need to go over here. And just we, we get flooded with that so much that we can get wound up in it. We especially get wound up in it if we have no awareness practice. If we have a strong awareness practice, that whole area becomes even more challenging because then we see that we don't really know what the hell we're doing. Complicated. So there's lots of ways of talking about this and the, the two ways I want to start. And then I really invite your questions and don't give me uh, easy questions. Of course, you never do that. You're always hard. Um, put me on the spot. Not yet. In a couple minutes. So the first way I want to talk about this, and some of you have heard me talk about this before because I've given talks on choicelessness and choice and also responded to questions in uh, other talks that have to do with things that are similar or bring that particular dynamic up. I would say if you're not, if you're totally a samsaric uh, uh, desire motivated, if you're totally operating out of, I want this, I don't want this, I need to get this, I need to stop that, if you're totally functioning that way, it's not incorrect, it's just confusing, but it has to do with the way we operate in samsara. The, the realm of desire is the human realm. Wanting things to be different than they are. Wanting more of the things we want, we like, we enjoy. Wanting less of the things that are aggravating, irritating, or cause us more grief. So choice in that area still can be challenging because we're not really sure strategically, but if I do that, well, this will happen. But if I don't do that, then something else might. You know what I'm saying. We, we go through that. How, how should I? I'm not sure what to do about that. I need to figure this out. This is a mundane path, and it is, it's just a description. Someone is meant to do that, is supposed to do that. There's no way I'm going to lobby for them to do train their mind unless they ask me. They have to would have to ask me, and that's unlikely for most of the people I meet. Sometimes people don't even want to bring it up because they, they just don't want to discuss anything like that at all. It's just too confusing. So 
if you're operating in that way, it's choiceless because you're at the mercy, you're at the, you're at the, you're the, a slave of your own desires and passions, your own hopes and fears. You're, you're a slave to that. Not, not a slave in that you're obviously enslaved. Uh, it's, uh, you're a slave in that you're obviously enslaved. Can't help but do push, uh, push on that. I push this away or stop. No, I can't do that. But what I really want to do is, so we're always tracking down some kind of a uh, desire, possibly even lust, but definitely desire and wish to have this happen, not that, not have that happen. We're constantly wanting to control without ever even looking at the basis of control itself, just what is control. And as I've said many times, the control that we have is very, you know, we can move this from here to there and take credit. Well, got that done. And so the, because we can do those simple movements like that, they tend to reaffirm that we're a body, we're living in a three-dimensional world, or however you want a four-dimensional maybe, and we have some say-so. We can just, if we can just figure it out, calculate, if we can just time everything right, then we can have a uh, say-so about it. Seems to be a lot more complicated than that. And that's probably an understatement to say it's complicated. Because there's some, if I say it's complicated, there's some feeling that, well, maybe I, I spent some time on it, I could figure it out. You won't figure it out. You might figure something out, but death comes without warning. Everything that is happening now, all compounded things will vanish, and they can vanish today, tomorrow, next week, or in 50 years. They still vanish, as Chung Pache said. Some of us will die soon. Other people will die later. I don't know why that's so funny. It is. <laughs> he had a good sense of humor. So the way we are compelled or pulled or tugged on by our karma, our mundane situation of wanting this, operating out of fear, oh, I'm not going there, I'm not going to do that. That's not happening. I'm not going, I don't care what happens, I'm not going to do that. And something else is, no matter what happens, I've got to get this done, I have to accomplish that. So we're compelled, we're moved by the force of karma. Karma is a Sanskrit word, as you know, probably that means action. Very simply, it's cause and effect. That's a simple situation. This causes this sound. Cause and effect, very simple. But then we elaborate on that and try to see how combinations of that we can somehow get our way. Get what we want, desire. Desire fulfillment. So in that way, it's choiceless. It's choiceless because you're even though you're making choices within the situation, but the bigger picture is you're totally at the mercy of your desires, of your fears, and so on. Passion, aggression, and ignorance. And then if you do happen to attain liberation, is a conventional way of saying it, if you realize who you are, that there's no solid being anywhere, that there's no solid self, birds and squirrels, everything is moving. Observe the mind. Watch what the mind watch what the mind does without adding, subtracting, dividing, doing anything with it. Just observe that. This is what we do. It's called shikantaza. Zazen. Meditation. Awareness practice. 
Well, it's an interesting, I'm just contrasting it, and there's other ways of talking about it, and we can go into that probably based on some questions, but just to make a strong contrast, if you're not training your mind, there's no mind training going on, then you're, then even though you may feel like you've got some free will, which is, which is a weird state, but you may feel like you have, but what you're doing is you're totally ignoring the fact and the fiction that you don't even know how you got here. As I often say, go look in the mirror and say, how much of this did you accomplish? Did you accomplish this particular hairdo, this, these kinds of years? You know, why aren't you a rabbit? Another one of those rhetorical questions. Uno <laughs> asked me, she said, the other day, because I've said that a few times, she said, do you really know what the word rhetorical means? <laughs> I didn't say it like that. <laughs> <laughs> it was quite funny. <laughs> so one who has realized, one who has awakened to, the word Buddha means awake, the awakened one. Buddha, Dharma, Dharma means truth or law or rule or structure. This, awakened truth. One who has awakened to this. I mean, this if, you, if you awaken to this, there's no doubt. You, you see it. You know. You know it. It's called wisdom. And there's no object there. There's just wisdom itself. Wisdom doesn't have an object. If it has an object, it might be a very, very profound and intelligent and insightful situation. But it's still relative. If there's something else that is known, if there's a knower and a known, then you'll have some work to do. The wisdom only sees wisdom. It doesn't see anything else. It doesn't mean that the wisdom doesn't show up as red wisdom, blue wisdom, green wisdom, strong wisdom, fat wisdom, skinny wisdom, marshmallow wisdom. You know what I'm talking about. So those are the two contrasts. The, the one, the, the, the choicelessness that is being pulled this and that way by the, your emotions, your feelings, and the... the constant chatter in your mind that you think you're in control or you think you're you're making choices and as I said uh, previously I'm not saying you couldn't make you can't make some choices you can move this from here to there wow but we have no say so about and I've even said before so I'm saying again if you if you were given total control over this body mind you'd be dead in three minutes because you wouldn't know what how to make it work consciousness knows but consciousness is not a self. We put the self in there and then we start to panic and then there's passion, aggression, and ignorance and we uh, start to screw things up. Forget how much, how much, how much uh, uh, what kind of digestive juices should be in the stomach or not. We lose count of the glomeruli in the kidneys. do that. And to the person who is realized, to one who is, who sees this as it is, who has realized the nature of reality of themselves in this world, which is not a big flashy experience. In fact, in fiction, it's not even an experience. That experience has come, here's one, and they go away. The wisdom doesn't go anywhere. It has not arisen if it's arisen, then it's 
and it's a, a relative truth. So if one is clear, then it's not that you wouldn't still decide to do this or decide to do that or decide to go to bed early or stay up late and watch the news. Or you'd still have decisions, but the fundamental situation would be choiceless. You would be functioning out of what appears and not out of what you think appears. I'll say that again. You'd be functioning out of what actually appears in front of you all the time, in your eye, in your ear, in your nose, your taste, your mind, everything, all at once. Everything, all at once. This. And if you think it's something else, you'll either chase it, or you'll abandon it, or you'll run away from it, or you'll try to stop it, and you'll be tied into your karma. Choicelessness. Your cho it's choiceless. Some choice, but it's a, uh, not much. And then if you see what this is, that's also choiceless, because then you're operating out of your, to use the relative term, your clarity. And what is that clarity saying? Not separate. No separate, no, no separate beings anywhere. The worst, most horrible, evil person. Not separate from them. Not saying you're the same as them, but you're not separate. I'm not saying that you would have some kind of, some kind of gooey feeling that you're so not separate that when somebody's really bad that you're going to give them a break because we're all one. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you might kill them. Go read the pillow in the white Tara room. What does it say? You can't remember, can you? Who's ignoring what the pillow says? The pillow says you may have to kill somebody, I think. Unless they misquoted me. And I don't mean you're going to kill somebody. I'm just saying that the force of karma may take you in a direction that, that you, uh, out of, out of your, your own intention, you may not want to go. So if you if, if you have strengthened your awareness so that you've flooded your whole experience with with awareness with openness with the space in which things occur, then there is uh, you could say a bigger chance that you'll function out of uh, basic sanity rather than basic confusion or territoriality. Yes. Is what appears different than a projection? Something is appearing, it's a projection. So what's the functioning out of what appears that you said earlier? You know it's a projection. Someone who doesn't know it's a projection thinks it's real and needs to be accepted or rejected or ignored, to put it simply. Someone who sees what it is just sees it's a projection. They don't do anything with it. Unless, the, unless their understanding is because not missing anything. If you're going after this and you're ignoring that, you're, then you're ignoring everything else. But if you see what is appearing, you may do nothing. You may, you may push on it, you may pull on it, you may join it, you may paint it red. You may do any number of things, but it doesn't come out of the thought process. It comes out of, an, of a powerful uh, understanding that doesn't miss anything, doesn't separate anything else. <laughs> So you, you would see that it's a projection. And it may hang around, it may not. Just like your ego, you don't have to get rid of your ego, your ego is not real. You keep trying to get rid of your ego, you're in for a, a long tussle. Andrew? Is being motivated 
motivated by death here? Being motivated by death? Yeah. So? <laughs> it's like if you saw a dragon running down the street towards you, you would be motivated to get out of the way. Probably fear. It wouldn't be, couldn't be anything else. Where you're going to go that one place where I don't know the answer. Anyone else? Shoto. Does awareness affect causes and conditions? Everything is affecting everything. Nothing is separate from anything else. So, probably so. But we may not. We may not be able to track it. Or get a get some kind of a of a you know a guarantee that that's what's happening. Can that awareness influence what looks like a choice? Yeah, but I wouldn't get too corny. You can, but uh, it's not. Going down in there, it just creates more confetti. What do you really want to know? Hmm. What do you really want to know? Can we can we manipulate things? It looks like we can. Like. That was easy. Changed my mind. So relatively, yeah, we can do that. And that's why it looks like we're, there's someone, there, it looks like there's a doer and something being done. It's, it's an astonishing thing to stumble into, that that is unreal, albeit very solid. It can even smell so solid. It can, get, it can reflect light. It can crawl. It can bark. It can. I'm just. Those things can do all kinds of things, but proves nothing. It's always uh, uh, samvriti satya, par, uh, partial truth, part of part of the truth, relative truth, relative truth, dependent, dependently risen, dependent truth, ultimate truth, or paramartha satya is the fancy words for that. Ultimate truth doesn't have any other. It's uh, uh, in the third turning teachings. Uh, it's uh, expressed as empty of other. More, yes. Are we still at the mercy of our karma if we're training our mind? Probably. As long as there's a, as long as there's a. Uh, a human human being here with who's working on that. There's, the karma is still going to be functioning, but it's not the idea of getting rid of something, or it's a, about being aware of that. And then you see, you don't mind what happens. You're not so concerned without, not so, 
not so concerned without with negative feelings that arise. You don't suddenly get all focused on how you're feeling and what does that mean and why am I feeling like this and what have I done and I need to drink more water or you're looking for some kind of reason this is happening. It's not that you couldn't find something, but it's a labyrinth of pluses and minuses of cause and effect, cause and effect, cause and effect, cause and effect. Why? You know, the simple one is why because, why because, why because, why because, why because. But if you say what, then everything has to stop. And then, then you're saying... What, what are you? What is this? Who are you? Who, who am I? What is this? What is this? That looks like something over there. What is this that looks like someone who is viewing something that is over there? Hearing it, smelling it, tasting it, thinking it. Don't you? say we're at the mercy of our karma, what do you mean by we're at the mercy? When I, when I use that phrase, I'm just saying that if you're, if you're not doing any mind training at all, then you're, you, you might not say that, but you're, you're kind of you're just tied into cause and effect. You're, you're born, you have certain kind of propensities to and certain kind of the talents and abilities, maybe some handicaps there, and you, you just live out your life that way. And it's not a problem from the point of view of... Uh, something that needs to be fixed necessarily but it ju it's just a mundane path and then from my understanding of it and I don't I don't necessarily believe this but it's a, how it looks so it's not necessarily true but it looks like this when the when the when we go back when the body mind complex goes back into the elements then the, the consciousness so lack of a better word uh, depending on what, what, that, what that consciousness has been assuming, or tied in with the body-mind complex, will tend to continue to try to do that. And it wants another body to do it with. And it just depends. Then we've got all the realms, the, the three realms, the six realms that describe this, and even those are not necessarily complete and aren't even necessarily true. It's just a way that people down through the centuries who worked on studying the mind have noticed that this seems to be a state of mind that we call uh, hungry ghost. This seems to be a state of mind that's uh, full of pride, that's a, uh, like a God realm. Or a, uh, so using those images, we tend to be tied into those in some way because of that we continue to fuel, we t continue to run away from the things or we run towards them and we just continue that spinning. That's why it's called samsara or a spinning wheel. More? If we're no longer fighting with our karma, <clears throat> are we still at the mercy of it? Not necessarily. Then you're actually living your life. Then you're actually, you're, you are your karma. Then you actually are, instead of having things come up that you keep objecting to. Uh, if you're sitting, you're sitting, especially this is why facing a wall is so, so powerful. But you sit down and face the wall and you get to actually experience the things you've been hiding out from all day. Just a way of talking about it. You might sit here and not much will happen. But if you do it enough, eventually all the things that you try to stuff will, will start to show up. And allowing that, when I say allow, uh, it's, even that word is extra. But just watch what moves. If things come up and they hang around and they go down. But if you try to push on them, then you, you actually give them a kind of reality through your belief in them that they don't necessarily have. They're just dependently arisen. So there's no solid self in this and no solid self in anything else. Go ahead. If something comes up on the cushion and we just have a spontaneous 
reference, like, oh, I like that thought, or something like that, is that continuing to feel it? Somewhat, but on the other hand, and on the same hand, if you if you if it comes up, and you you notice that you're you're that there's a you, you, that the awareness seems to be stronger than the actual preference, that there's an awareness around the preference, just a way of talking about it, that the awareness it ha has its own uh, quality that is not necessarily stuck to or velcroed to the thought pattern. So there's a kind of uh, uh, you could call it generosity, you can call it equanimity, you can call it not giving a shit, which is a crude way of putting it, but it's kind of like that. It's like if I were to sit here and say, I don't care what I feel, I don't care what I think, I'm not concerned, I just want to see everything that arises and everything that falls away, and I want to, I want to be able to see that. If you start having preferences, it, it, the problem with just the one little preference is it ties into... 1,560 other preferences that are that get more and more difficult to see clearly. You get sucked down into that vortex of apparent reality or dependent origination. More? Can we have a willingness to see whatever arises if we notice that we want or like particular thoughts and don't like other ones? So there's nothing wrong with the like and dislike. It's just being aware of it and not necessarily promoting it. So it's, it's always about awareness, never about what is arising in the awareness. Somewhat, because we won't know there is any awareness unless we have phenomena, unless some, something has some kind of showing up quality to it. That's why we just keep watching what shows up. You notice you might like this, you might dislike that. Uh, as it says in the, in the sutra, I can't remember which one, Pokyozamai, Sandokai, the, no, it was a, excuse me, it's a, the, the Sinsen Ming says that picking and choosing is a disease of the mind. Or the, is it the heart mind of Sosan? Is that it? Yeah. Picking and choosing. It's just, it's not that you don't, you can't pick and choose, it's just that being attached to that picking. Being and, and making sure you make the right decision, as opposed to the, don't want to do anything wrong. I need to really think this through. I need to make sure I've got everything all calculated. Uh, Karen from New Zealand asks, "How does choicelessness affect awareness?" So, if one understands uh, that. There, there isn't an actual choice happening, then the awareness is more open. There's more of an open dimension there where things coming and going, we aren't so, we aren't so prone to pushing on this and pulling on that. So uh, it's a little bit difficult to respond to that question directly without going into the meanings of those words, the word awareness and the word choicelessness. Choice, choicelessness doesn't mean there isn't any choice, it just means that the choice that is made is dependently arisen that's dependently arisen as long as there's confusion, and if it's if, if the confusion is gone, then anything that shows up as a choice, uh, it comes out of the awareness. It comes out of the out of the the the, the community of your environment. The, the the situation that you're in, whatever situation you're in, is is telling you everything is speaking to you. Everything is uh, speaking. Everything is preaching. 
old way of fashion way of saying it, everything is preaching the Dharma all the time. It's saying to you all the time, not separate, not separate, not separate, not separate. Everything is dependently arisen. This thing says it, this table says it, the floor says it, your uh, blood pressure says it, your, your indigestion says it, all the time. Gilkado from Minnesota asks. I know her, I think. How do we avoid a sense of fatalism in seeing choicelessness? Just watch the fatalism. We'll try to get rid of fate. Don't don't manipulate anything. Don't don't try to necessarily push anything aside to increase or get better. So it's about the awareness. It's just noticing the fatalism. If you don't fuel it by pushing on it, and you don't fuel it by justifying it, you don't fuel it by looking away or distracting yourself from it so that it continues to spin with its own momentum, it can't last. It will fall apart. Unless you're adding on some kind of thought pattern about expectation about wanting it to go away. How do we work with that? There's different ways. I'm not the first one to say this. Just don't, don't object to it. Don't agree with it. Just just be uh, give everything. The generosity that I talk about and others have talked about, just give everything your attention. The, the very fatalism that comes up is just a concept. Just look at it. Just it's, have a little bit of a sense of humor around that. How seriously we take ourselves. And I'm not saying we're not. People aren't suffering. Of course we are. But if we buy into that with some kind of terror, some kind of clenched fist mentality like this, you know, this this has got to relax somehow. Otherwise, you can't see. There's just no space. Just all this uh, you know, paranoia and fear. Roth from Kalamazoo has a question. Can you explain the relationship between choicelessness and a raw heart? So I think the the raw heart might be be an emotional dimension that comes that we don't uh, we don't uh, agree with or disagree with. And something that we feel, that we feel in such a way that there's no actual, there's no person actually feeling that. It's just the rawness of it. It's just raw. So it's just a matter of having nerve endings everywhere that don't belong to anybody. There's nerve endings in the eyes, in the mind, in the heart. It's just nerve endings. It's extremely sensitive. And it's, uh, it's not necessarily an emotion. It's not like feeling put upon by your raw heart. And choicelessness is just a, a word that, that, is a, a word that is if you understand what this is deeply because you've been looking at this for a long time the word choicelessness won't mean you don't get to make any choices it'll just mean that there isn't anyone this is it's always pointing at no self no other Kozan in Traverse City asks when the body mind drops, what is the it that wants to be in another body? What is the what? The it that wants to be in another body. It's the uh, it's the the unresolved passion, aggression, and ignorance, the fear of that, and the desire for this that continues to go. Just wanting to lie, wanting to live. Wanting to continue to just having a lust for life, as Mr. Van Gogh had in his 
title of his uh, biography. Just want, wanting more, wanting more. Sure. If, if one is liberated and passes and they've taken a vow, is the intention a different dynamic of that same situation? A vow to save all beings? Bodhisattva vow? The, the, they may come back. It, you mean come back into incarnation? They may and they may not. Yes. I'm wondering what's the what remains in that same situation to someone that's not functioning on a passion or something like that. I'm not. I'm sure. I'm not sure of the question. When the body mind drops to yes. someone who's realized what remains. Not much. The the grasping at itself is gone. The grasping at another, the grasping situation, passion, aggression, ignorance. It's not there. There's just just an openness. So you could say it's a spirit. You could say it may have some something that could be described that way. More questions are good, so don't stop. Just because I didn't answer your question. <laughs> vow some kind of passion, aggression, and ignorance? Well, it's passion. I vow to be with all things. I'm going to do this. You know, you have so many years. You have 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 10 minutes. I'm I'm going to do this. There's lots of things you can do with your life. And I say to anyone, do whatever you want. If you want help doing this, I can show you how to approach this. skillfully where we don't end up in the same situation where we're just perpetuated into another existence. That's why you have a teacher. That's why you have a teaching. That's why you have a Sangha, Buddha, Dharma, Sangha. That's why, that's why in your situation you'd live in a monastery. Everybody doesn't have to do that. You don't even have to do it, but apparently you did. You're here. Choiceless, wasn't it? I mean, you might have some thoughts around it, but all the negative things about it aren't strong enough. Just you need to do this. More? Further question? Have some time, I think. Yes. Question? Yes. If things are choiceless, what is the importance of intentionally um, adjusting things or looking at how we could change things, such as the forms? So the idea with the forms, are, there's a body, we've been born, and how we got here we don't know, but we got here, so we're here, and we find ourselves in this kind of a dynamic. So we look, we look at the forms together and see how can the forms help us see more clearly who this is and what this is. This is the, from the Buddhist point of view, this is a spiritual path and several other paths also. But it's like, what, fundamentally, what is this? Who is this? And who is that? Or what is this? 
the subjectivity and the objectivity. And the realization part uh, uh, described conceptually is those are not two different things. The, the, the observer and what is being observed or the listener and what is being heard are not two different things. They're, they're separated out and that's what cre creates the tension in the world. That's what creates the illusion of separate space and the illusion of everything from gravity to uh, um, tardigrades. So we participate in it. Go ahead. So we participate in that with the form. In our uh, sangha, our practice here, we, you know, some or some organizations has been particular Zen, and some Tibetan forms are extremely strict about everything and you know, pretty, uh, pretty tight. And that's not incorrect. It's just that's not for everybody. So we have pretty strong forms, but also there's a lot of there's a lot of movement in the form. And the idea with the form is to give you some kind of a structure whereby you can you can see what is moving in the mind so you can see the way in which we continue to add to our own suffering and difficulty by trying to avoid our life. Avoid the karma that comes out of the past needs to be lived. I'm not saying you need to kill somebody, even though that's what it says in the pillow. But that's why I put it on a pillow. <laughs> so I'm just saying you may have some aspect of your life that has to be done. You may think, I'm not doing it. I can't do that. I can't do that part. I can't do that. You probably should look closer at, at that. How do I know? It's happened here. It's happening here all the time. Michael? What does missing your life look like? Well, <laughs> it looks like buying into some some understanding in your life where you want to avoid something and keep away from it. So, or, you, or you're intensely propelled towards grasping at something, clutching at something, simply put. Or you, you're trying to shut some particular thing out of... Uh, one of the things that, that most of the world is doing is, uh, is ignoring. Passion and aggression come and go, but the ignoring is really intense and it's usually, it usually shows up in the form of distraction. We're doing, we keep doing this so that we can distract ourselves from existentially we're being put on the spot about every 20 or 30 minutes. We don't feel good. Some people can't, can't distract themselves and they end up going into things called depression, other kinds of names, and then they find medications. And again, I'm not taking issue with any therapist or anybody. Do whatever you want to do, use medications. But quite often the medication, rather than going in and solving being an actual cure for the issue um, is it, it tends to cover up the symptom so that you don't feel bad. But then, of course, there's all kinds of other symptoms for those of you who have uh, experimented with that a little bit. When we sit and face the wall and things arise in the mind, are we looking at the ways in which we ignore our life in could, those circumstances? You could be. Perhaps not. But it's, it's always about awareness, so it's not about stopping that. If you have written... You say it could be, or perhaps not, so what's where's the difference? I'm not sure what you're saying. Well, I guess I'm wondering, 
if something's arising, if we're missing our life because of it. So how is it that, how is it that we could either be missing our life or not? So what I'm saying that is just the way of talking about it. I'm saying if you're continually trying to get, uh, trying to control your emotions and your feelings and stop certain feelings and crank up other feelings, then uh, you're operating out of uh, you're operating uh, out of the very karma that is trying to show up as your lifetime. Instead of actually living your life, you you have you don't like that part of your life, even though in the 13th century you did something that brought that about. That that's going to need to show up. I'm not going to tell you, make a bedtime stories about past lives, but something like that is definitely happening, having been around for uh, uh, however old I am, a long time, and see that something is coming from somewhere else that looks like it's past lives. But we've talked about that some personally, but it, we don't know for sure that's what it is, but it's kind of a working model or some kind of other area is trying to show up now because of causes and conditions that have happened, things that you've done, others have done to you. Sometimes you'll meet somebody that just, all you have to do is look at them and immediately you don't like them. You have negative feelings about them. Another person, you meet them and you feel wonderful about them. You think you can't wait to talk to them and hope you get a chance to hang out with them. And they might not necessarily look that good. I'm not talking about just how someone looks, but just something about the energy with people. Sometimes people just have a wonderful energy. And other times people have energy that's, uh, they might be really easy for other people, but for you, you have a difficulty with that person. Look closely at that. Do not jump to conclusions. Don't uh, conclude anything. Yes? How can something come from somewhere else if there is nowhere else? Exactly. Thank you. As long as we think there's somewhere else, then it's going to come from somewhere else. I'm just saying there isn't anywhere else. There isn't anything but this. Everything is included already. You don't have to include anything. Everything is available already. I'm not saying I can sit here and go to uh, uh, the, to uh, the, one of the moons of Jupiter and look, you know, look around there for signs of uh, aliens. I'm not saying I can just do anything like that, but, but it's available. Everything is available. It depends on how much... Uh, how much you're anchored into this this kind of reality of here I am and here not just not just you and your attitude but all of the lifetimes and I'm just going to use that as a way of talking about it because I don't really believe in past lives I don't believe in future lives I don't believe in this life I don't believe in anything particularly but all of that is trying to show up now but it's not really separate the whole idea of time is a is it's illusory. The thing that, that registers time is the decay of the body. You look at somebody who's five years old, they're really young. You look at somebody who's 55, they're middle-aged. <laughs> Sorry to tell that. Tell, I can tell you that. In case, you, in case you were trying to escape that word. And then somebody who's really old looks like, <laughs> better listen to him now. <laughs> yes? When you say everything's available right now, is situation we can't see basically a form of ignorance so you know we're so what if I said yes then what would you do with that yes it's a form of ignorance so how does that show up to you there's an, an image okay well not well now, let's say I didn't say that let's say I said 
No, that's actually uh, awakening itself. Aha! What do we call that one? Uh, I mean, I can claim bad memory. I can claim drug use. <laughs> you can claim drug use. Damn, it got me there. But you're not using now, right? Better not be. Put the kibosh on you, or one of those other fancy Sanskrit words. Any other question about that? I'm not trying to dismiss your Does awareness move through phenomena that's already there? Chazan answer that for you. <laughs> Come on, Chazan. I haven't had to ask her any help today at all. No, I'm asking you for help. Answer that question for you. You need more than me to help him. <laughs> <laughs> Paraphrase it, and I'll answer it. I can answer it. I mean, I can respond to it. I don't know if I can answer it, but I can respond to it. Paraphrase it. Look at what you've just said. Change it into another way of saying the same thing. We talk about everything already available. Yes. I mean, that content doesn't occur. We just move awareness through it. Okay. So I wouldn't go that far. That's getting too specific, and and uh, it's like noodling around with things. Uh, no pun intended. <laughs> Noodle chop person. Um, it's more, uh, let's take it all the way. It's, it's the, what arises in the space or the awareness and the awareness itself are not two different things. But that's, first you have to see what arises in the space before you can eventually see that awareness and phenomena are not separate from each other. That even though we're very, very separated, you're over there, I'm over here. But fundamentally we're not separate. That doesn't mean we're the same. So the that would also apply in that area also. How's that? I'm reminded of a couple weeks ago, a bird chirped outside, and he said something like, "The awareness arose when the sound showed up." Like the awareness of that the space wasn't there until the sound arose in it. I said that. I'm probably butchering it, but I was wondering. The question was like, if, if you could say more about that. So the bird chirped. <laughs> Can you help me here? <laughs> <laughs> so I wouldn't. I wouldn't belabor the thing. The the bird. The bird uh, makes a sound, and it shows up uh, in the space. And that space was always there. The bird was always there. I wouldn't get too convoluted because we're, we're, you're not going to discover every, anything, but you know, like, like it says in the teachings, it's turtles all the way down. You're not going to figure out relative truth. It's uh, tributary streams flowing through the darkness. But what you can do and what you should do, if you're listening to me, is look at your mind and how can you do that? Watch what moves in the mind. Watch what moves in any of the sense fields. If you hold very, very still, Meditation practice, shikantaza, awareness practice, hold very still over a period of time. It, could take, it can take years to do that. Because you might have to do a lot of just allowing things to come and go and come and go uh, before there's some kind of, uh, uh, it could be a flash, 
It could be uh, could be no light at all. It could show up uh, differently for each person. But it seems to be necessary to do that, to, to train the mind to hold still and watch what is happening in the mind without accepting it, rejecting it, shutting down on it. Yes. Why is it turtles all the way down? Well, there's a turtle at the top. So why not? <laughs> Good question. Thanks, Inara. Amen. <laughs>